Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the uh, 20th of August, 2020. It's like the end of August, 2020, which is, you know, summer's almost totally gone, which is so 2020. It's, uh, what, week 25 or week 26 of the uh, COVID pandemic. Um, and uh, well, again, yeah, it's, it's mind-blowing that it's the end of summer already. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Dave, bro, how you doing this week? I am, uh, you know what? I, I'm I'm doing really quite well this week. Um, you know, as 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 uh, as you know, I was in Whistler uh, for a lot of last week. So yeah. and and I just arrived back on Monday after like, okay, for our, for our American friends, this is actually quite hot, uh, like low 30s weather uh that'd be high 80s to, to about 90 91 degrees for for our american friends um and so it was just fantastic and so i i got to come back uh you know pretty refreshed and uh you know i mean you you, you probably know the ferry ride that i got to take from over on uh, on the mainland across here uh, to get back so yeah i'm uh I'm, I'm back back in the saddle and there is always that sort of like oh right that um, but then when I do have to work, I'm like, oh, right, a fast machine and four or five monitors going at a time rather than like a little laptop <laughs> trying to get my work done there. So, um, so yeah, yeah, things are, uh, things are pretty good at, uh, at Casa Davies. How about, uh, how about over there? Oh, things are okay. You know, surviving and coping and keeping it together. Um, on the work front, everything is amazing. I have, uh, more than enough work to keep me busy from now until whenever. Um, which is gratifying and uh, um, uh, uh, a testament to how to the terrible decisions people made last year. Um. <laughs> you, you know what I, I find interesting, and I, I'm so relieved to hear you say that, Jim. And, and here's why: a couple of days ago, I commented to your friend of mine, Jeremy Knopf, or, or I commented about him on Facebook, going, "Idle hands are the devil's plaything." And I was actually between which one of the two of you. I was like, I really want to see you both busy because the devil does not need those hands. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, honest to goodness, I, I I I envy your trip up to Whistler. Um, I could use a little bit of idle time, like I think all of us, uh, all of us can in one way or another. Um, for 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 the, for the, for for yours and the and the and the the, the listeners' uh, uh, information. As soon as the show ends next week, I'm heading to my magic place in Muskoka, uh, up in Cottage Country, just north of Toronto. I'm out of here for a little while. Be back sometime middle of the week after. Back in time for for the for the for the show for a show in September. But uh, I'm checking out <laughs> on the. Uh, I'm checking out after the after the show next week. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, okay, we actually know what. There's stuff that actually happened this week. This was a busy one. It was. Um, before we go much further into the show, I just really got to say, cause like, I've, I, I just love the idea. I get to announce this on the radio. <laughs> Steve Bannon got arrested this morning. <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. Okay. There's, that has like almost no tie into yeah. anything on the internet whatsoever, except for the waste of time that people have spent for the last four years on Facebook screaming at each other. He's mm-hmm. primarily responsible for that. And he got arrested this morning. 
for fraud. <laughs> really cool. Okay, so I, I love reporting stuff like that. There's no reason to report it except for fun. Right. <laughs> so a couple of a couple of months ago, Google uh, organizes an unconference, which it actually wanted to um, make, I guess, into a conversation between um, its webmasters and uh, extremely uh, low number of extremely influential influential uh, webmasters. Sold out in minutes. Ticked a lot of people off too because there's no conference. There's not a lot of conference action happening this year, and like mm-hmm. Google was having a big conference, and uh, nobody could get in because by the time by the time you heard about it, the tickets were already sold out. It was like a Ticketmaster concert. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so Google announced this morning that they're going to be uh, creating a unlimited or what's thought to be an unlimited attendance virtual conference for anyone who wants to come later this year. Uh, your friend and uh, and hopefully soon the, the show's friend Martin Spitt um, confirmed it, saying, "Wait for it, it's coming." Yeah, I, I'm excited because by the time I found out about the unconference, like I got the I don't know buried reported it or, yeah. or something like that, I was like, "Oh, it's fantastic!" But unfortunately, I was like lagged behind about five hours, I guess, or something like that, and. That was it. It was closed. And then they reopened a, a limited number more, I think, a couple days later. And by the time I got that, memo, <laughs> it was closed. And so it's, it's, it's great that they're going to be doing something to sort of, you know, get a, get a broader, um, you know, sort of, sort of audience in there. Obviously, people like you, me, we're, yeah. we're very, very interested. And I assume we're not the only people. There's, you know, millions of people who want to know all, all the information they're sharing. Uh, obviously, by the fact that they had allowed... I remember Martin had actually commented on like, they weren't sure if they were even going to fill up, you know, and they had given like a three week window and he tweeted about that. And then like, was like and then three like minutes. five hours later, it was like, Oh, <laughs> like, so, so yeah, but it's, it's good. I, I'd be interested to see them just sort of like, I don't know, just set like a, a backstage, right? Like, sorry, you're, you're the one sitting sort of behind the bleachers. You don't get to comment. You don't get to do this, this or this, but here you can, you can sit and, sit and watch <laughs> like you don't get to engage but you know your your pass will just get you in there because i understand they can't have everybody interacting all the time and stuff because that would that would be a real drain on the system but well it would also be control youtube you could feed it out to us it would also be impossible the the interest in uh, all things google is so yeah. large you'd have like literally thousands of people per session yeah if um a tenth of those people want to ask a question um there's a hundred questions there yeah. um not just just not possible and you, you really can't have it would be a socratic it would be a, a complete lecture rather than 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 any sort of dialogue yeah. um which is unfortunate um because 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 the unconference was all about exchanging ideas and, and improving search this will be about telling webmasters what google's up to right um which is good because Google's been doing a lot of that recently. Yeah. Um, for instance, um, and then you know this this stems back to a to a fun question that was act that was asked by a well known SEO. Um, the funny thing I know the reason why the SEO asked the question and John Mueller got the answer right, but the intent of the question wrong. <laughs> User intent, guys, it's really important. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, 
The answer, I, 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 I can't reveal like who the SEO was or, or, or why the question was asked, because that wouldn't be very cool, because it was a private forum sort of thing that somehow leaked into a John Mueller uh, response. But it comes down to uh, uh, keywords in the URL. Once Google's got the website in the index, the importance of keywords in the URL diminishes substantially. Um, if you're ever in an argument with, uh, with your client and your clients, like I gotta have keywords in the URL, we're changing everything. Um, and you're trying to talk them out of it. Here's a good way to talk them out of it. It doesn't freaking matter. Um, once Google's got your, got the website in the index, there's, um, a huge number quite possibly in the thousands or more of other stuff they're looking at. Quite possibly not in the thousands. You know, I, I, I'm going to play the devil's advocate here. And, and it's only okay. to play the devil's advocate. It's not because I actually really care. <laughs> it's actually just to, just to do that. Um, because I, I do agree. Like, and, and, and they all get crazy. I think like a, a URL, like a, a page slug should be, you know, pretty short. Just get to the point um, rather than these long ones. Preferably something somebody could actually type. Right, like if they actually were yeah. seeing the URL written, that's sort of my 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 litmus. Direct text. traffic counts. But what he had pointed out, what or or what he had said was, and I know you've seen it, is URL is minimal. The, the the keywords in the URL is minimal. And then when I think about it, I'm like, well, there are hundreds upon hundreds of signals in as we've talked about, not like a light switch. They're like a like dials in in different levels. So. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of permutations, if not infinite permutations of the way different signals can, can wade in. So minimal, everything's kind of minimal. Like when I think about it, everything's minimal because, I mean, yes, some things are, are more minimal that, or more equal than others, right? Like, a, like an animal farm kind of thing. But if we look at the grand scheme of things, most of the things are small. So would I still want to make sure that my URL had the keywords in there if I could? It's minimal, but it's not zero. <laughs> and so many things have such HTTPS is minimal, right? It has a small impact. They've come out and said that. So, mm, but we all still care. Now I care more because my browser is going to be tossing up red flags all over the place if Indeed. I don't. But so. uh, from an SEO standpoint, we all jumped on that bandwagon and it was going to be a minimal impact, but we all went minimal. I like minimal, right? Like, <laughs> I, I like minimal better than zero. So off we go. Right. And I, I'm thinking more of cases where you let the system just pick like X, Y, Z, one, two, three, A, B, C, right. As your, as your URL or something like that and go, just, just don't do that. Just, if you can get your keywords in there, do it, but keep well, it short enough to like make it manageable to type. Yeah. A people got to be able to type stuff uh, on their own direct traffic counts. Uh, people often type the URL in slashes and all. Um, and also make, you know, making it memorable, but um, there's a reassurance to seeing in the in the URL itself for the, for the user, there's a reassurance in seeing this is what I'm looking for. Yeah. Now, when Google first sees the URL, the the, the way John Mueller phrased this, um, he left like wide open uh, a super amb ambiguity. Um, it might not matter so much once it's got it in the index, but what about before it has it in the index when it's first discovering it, trying to figure out what's on the page and sorting stuff out. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I would submit that, yes, it does count then, and prob it is probably quite important on first impression. 
Well, exactly. And actually, when I tweeted out this story, I, I sort of tongue in cheek put out the sort of headline. Oh, but what a 3.2 seconds that is between the time they discover the URL and index. Now, um, don't go changing nothing after because a whole yeah. mess of 301s is um, worse than useless. But unnecess- I should say unnecessary 301s yeah. are worse than useless. But say the URLs are, are all in Google and the, the the website's ranking, and you know you know that the entire site is uh, is in the index or all the relevant pages, et cetera, et cetera. Changing those URLs is probably way low on your priority list, especially right. given that you're going to be introducing a whole mess of URL new URLs to Google, and you will take a hit for that. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm actually, and I'm going to report, I'm going to tell you just a, a bit of a tale because it involves URLs, and it's a project that I am literally just starting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's for uh, I won't name who they are. It's a friend of ours in, in the industry, but not they're not an SEO. They're in sort of the, the marketing um, industry, um, and, and and their 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 blog is just a nightmare. It's just an orphan pages, just all of four thousand, just orphan basically pages. They don't have any any structure to to this blog. It's not their fault. They didn't know that's not what it was built for. They're, they're not an SEO, so I, I don't blame them. It's not their fault that they didn't know to do this and categorize and stuff like that. So, but why I bring this up is everything is to root. It is domain.com slash slug, like page slug. Um, and what I'm going to be doing um, is going in and actually gutting out, like they have a lot of internal pages with links because they're they're very, very popular um, in, in their niche, but none of their pages rank. They have just horrible, horrible, horrible rankings. So I'm getting a chance to go in and go, I am going to redirect everything. I am going to do proper URL structure. I am going to do this. And I'll report back on what the time frame is. Because we were just chatting about don't change URLs unless you have to. I've looked at all the rankings. Um, the only rankings are branding. So he's got that. <laughs> um, so it's, it's going to be really, really interesting. And I'll report back on what the time lag is between... 4,000 pages. I'm going to be pillaging a lot of the older ones and, and just redirecting the new ones. And I'll get back on the, how long does it take for rankings to both improve and then stabilize significantly high? Well, okay. Fingers crossed, but it, it can't get worse. It's like you walk up to a house on fire, no matter how much water you put on, it's better than not. <laughs> like it is sort of the, the scenario we're in. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, and I'll let you know how long until the 301s pick up. Um, and, and when the, the rankings transition over and when we surpassed where, where it was. Okay. Way interesting. Um, oh, <laughs> I am Sorry, I'm not going to say what this is. I'm going to chuckle and go, saw your comment and no, <laughs> no, not that. Huh? Okay. But I, I wasn't going to say, I was going to say that out loud is one of those smart ass remarks you just throw in, but then I thought, no, we're going to get a suit for that. <laughs> so I didn't. Um, okay. Uh, what else do we have here? We probably got to take a break in a couple seconds. So is there a fast one we can get going through? There um, is. There, there's one I can just hammer through super fast here because go, go, go. it doesn't require a, a lot of lead time. Um, Regular listeners to the show will remember when I, I've been talking about um, the merchant feeds from Google and, and getting access to free traffic through them. Um, Bing has, as of two days ago, um, August 18th, as of this recording, followed suit. Um, so you can now submit your feeds through Bing if you hadn't done that already. And it's basically the same feed. So you can even import your feeds if you want. <laughs> like just set up an import uh, through, through Bing. But now, even if you're not um, using Bing advertising, um, but if you do have a shopping feed, 
um, there's a reason to get it in there, uh, then while you're in there, I mean, also regular listeners to the show will have heard me say over and over again, uh, there's not a lot of traffic there, but the CPAs are pretty awesome as long as you don't trust their like dynamic targeting and stuff like that, which is really, really bad. And they're horrible with broad match. But um, if you, uh, there, there's a reason to get in there and maybe toy around with their, uh, with their shopping ads uh, while you're, while you're at it. It's, you know what, For, I, I don't spend a lot of time in the Bing environment. Um, I do spend time in the, you know, in Bing webmaster tools as an SEO, but not very much time in, in Bing page environment, but mm-hmm. Um, some of my sites in, in the SEO world are seeing 15, 20% of the traffic coming from big. Yeah. Um, that, you know, one in five, one in six people coming through your site, one in four people coming through your site, that, that counts for something. It, it does. Well, and I've had, uh, I have clients right, right now. And, and I've had more of them in the past where we're doing paid ads. Um, and I've, I've pushed hard on Bing, just like, let's just get this done. It's CPAs. Don't worry about traffic. Just worry about CPA counting my management time, but they have imports. This is easy. It doesn't take a lot of time. Um, and I have clients basically like, can we get more from Bing? If we increase our bids, can we get more from Bing? Because we're looking at like $40 and it depends on the product, what this would be, but we've got like $40 CPAs on Google and like 23 on Bing. So it's it's worth throwing this in at the same time. Um, Microsoft announced earlier today that as of mid-November, there will be no more support for Internet Explorer. (laughs) Internet Explorer dies, which means Edge is the only browser available via, um, uh, going to be available via Microsoft's um, uh, uh, operating system uh, through Windows 10. Which also means as Christmas is coming, all these people getting computers have Edge and edge is um, edge is annoying. Edge is edge is like a uh, like the politicians are going to be from now until November trying to nudge their way into your door. Edge every time I bring edge up to like look at a PDF or something by mm-hmm. mistake. I mean, when a PDF comes up, I get prompted to change my browser over yeah. to Edge off of away from Chrome. Mm-hmm. So, if you're interested in all in uh, Bing shopping. Mm-hmm. Now's the time because more people will be pushed to using uh, Bing in the future. Yeah. Well, and I always think of people like my dad, right? Who would get it when now? Okay. Now, my dad's a Mac user, so he's all Safari. But if he was not, he would go with the <laughs> stock default browser. Like he's gone with Safari because that's the one that comes with, with Apple. Um, I mean, smart guy, lawyer, right? Like, a, but just that's not a decision that they're making. And Edge, is better. Like, I'm not saying it's better than Chrome. I'm saying it's oh, better it's than better Internet than... Explorer. And so when people drop in on that new computer, as you, you called it exactly, try that out. It's lightning fast. They probably aren't using all these extensions that the rest of us are. Like, I think like an SEO and I'm like, I can't possibly use that. Yeah, that's because I have like a million extensions and stuff that I use and I need dev tools. But which uh, which brings me to another, we gotta we really gotta go to break like studios okay. are gonna be really pissed but like, I gotta ask you really quick is it me or is Chrome become like the biggest hog in the last month or two oh it's a pig so it's not just me no. it's, it's been driving me crazy I haven't asked anybody yet no, no me and my eighty five hundred tabs are really upset about it too okay like I'm just basically saying I'm no not but the seriously problem, Chrome but has it, slowed down like 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 has. molasses yeah it has it has okay. It's not just me. I just thought I was going crazy here. Yeah. Okay. Well, now that that's settled, <laughs> friends, you're listening to what called you on webmasterradio.fm. It is Thursday, the 20th of August, 2020. Summer's almost over. Stay safe and get out there and enjoy it. But first, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, you're listening to Web Culture and Webmaster Radio. We're back after these messages. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. For maximum customer engagement and retention, choose CleverTap. CleverTap is a leading customer engagement and retention platform that helps digital brands maximize lifetime value. Over 8,000 apps around the world, including Vodafone, Star, and Sony, trust CleverTap to improve user engagement, boost retention, and fuel long-term revenue growth. Learn more at CleverTap.com. That's CleverTap.com. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. WebmasterRadio.fm, the destination for education and entertainment. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 20th of August, 2020. Uh, week 20 gajillion of the pandemic lockdown. Or, not pandemic lockdown, pandemic crisis. This is uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And, uh... I guess I guess Adam Reimer's uh, solved the problem. Um, I don't even, I don't even know why we have to even, to even ask this. But what's more important for your website, content or backlinks? In uh, this week's Search Engine Journal SE Ask an SEO column, uh, Adam answers that quite conclusively. What do you reckon he said? Yeah, I mean, I I I'd, I'd sort of tongue in cheek responded to him on that one, going. The answer is yes. <laughs> we need both. Um, but I, I do think his article was on point, which was basically, if you can only do one, do content. Yes. If you only can do one. Now, as an SEO, that kind of makes my skin crawl in a, like, you can't just do one. Like, one, an individual SEO can only do one. An individual SEO can do one of ten parts of a project. But should an overall strategy involve links, link acquisition, content tech? Like, of course, it should involve all of these things. But I get he's basically going, if you have crappy content, links won't lead to more links and it won't lead to conversions. If you have great content, great content will lead to links and conversions. Basically, I'm cliff noting the article, and that is right. Also, crap content won't lead to longevity. Um, Links are a powerful damn weapon. Like, links will move mountains. Links will not support mountains. They might prop them up for a while, but you got to keep throwing links under. You got to keep undermining. You know, throwing more links underneath and more and more. But good content, if given a lot of links, enough links, will will stay forever. Yeah. Well, and that's. I mean, when I'm do- looking at um, link building campaigns, like you know, clients, and I'm, I'm setting strategies for them and, and that sort of thing, I often we'll look and go, what is the most valuable content? Oh, we've already used that. Okay, what are we going to build? Right? And then then start doing the research and go, okay. So to his point, a lot of our link building campaigns start with 
what content can we create that is easier to build links to, right? And, and, and just acquire natural links to in the hope that like, okay, once we've built a few and it starts to rank, links will just happen, right? So, um, so yeah, I mean, he, he is on point with that where, you know, there, there's the sort of two-sided, a link building campaign is easier when you're building stuff people want to link to. Like, it's a lot easier to go, hey, I would like a link to this, you know, don't word it maybe that way. Although, you know what, I've actually fallen for some of the direct approaches like that. Like, hey, can you link to this? And I'm like, oh, I actually do like that. All right, let's do that. Um, please, please, please don't tweet me, people, unless you really have something I have never seen before that is awesome. <laughs> I think it's really important to differentiate the kinds of content that are going to, uh, that are capable of attracting links on their own. And the kind that you got to go out there and slug it out to get people to uh, link to. Mm. Um, there is some content that is amazing. That that all you need to do is let people know it's there, and they're going to link to it. Yeah. Um, and there's some content where you got to work at it. That's where even or more importantly, farm it out to somebody else to work at it. Well, absolutely. Like we have clients in travel. I mean, things like infographics. I mean, I, I don't use them a lot in in a lot of different kinds of campaigns, but in travel. They just work because the people who are like travel bloggers and stuff have big, colorful, image-heavy sites. That's what works with these with these sites. Whereas if I'm in finance, oh no, I'm not going to be creating infographics. I mean, maybe there there's exceptions where I where I might, but that's more like oh, okay, I want to get into the, like the Harvard Business Review. Okay, I need to like really get a team putting in the effort here to collect some data that they have never seen before. Maybe we'll have an infographic. Chances are we're going to have like search fields and drop down boxes and like ways of, of sort of, you know, working with the data. I mean, to, to go to, I mean, might as well use the pandemic because it's, it's a great way to, to picture data. But like Google has done with a lot of the, the pandemic data where you can sort of now drop down, go by different regions. Okay, now you're in the U.S. Now you can go by state and it's changing graphs at the same time. You know, when you want really high level stuff, that's the sort of thing you're going to have to have to not to say hey take your lead from google on pandemics but if, if you think about it's nice and easy to use and quick to get information on complex metrics uh, they've they've done a great job i know i'm actually taking a lead from what they've done there going oh okay i'm I mean, going to deploy a similar system somewhere else bottom line would you link to them that's yeah. what that's what counts, and absolutely right? i would right like that's if i was writing a piece on covid19 from a health standpoint and i went if you want to look up your metrics that's exactly what I would link to. I'd go, well, here's here's the Google query for coronavirus, right? Like, there you go. That's going to get you right to the metrics you you want. And if it doesn't, you can use drop downs, and it has nice graphs. Now, again, it's it's, it's really important for for newer SEOs. Um, one thing that's really cool, and I think this is worth acknowledging. Um, where you and me have gone through so many different um, years of doing this show that we've actually had different. I'm not going to say different types of audio, different audiences, but over the years, different things have been like the, 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 the power tool in, uh, in the SEO world. And for a large part of Webcology's run, throw links at it was the rule. Oh. And it worked. And it would always work. It was guaranteed work. No matter what Google said, it would work. So much so that Google rejigged their entire algorithm uh, around Penguin to make sure it worked more Googly-like. So now we're now we're talking to a to a generation of SEOs for whom throwing links at it isn't necessarily the answer anymore. Yeah. Um, Google's really interested in why someone would make that query in the first place, and getting that 
information that meets that query to the individual. But Google's got to know that your content exists and that a lot of people like your content. So links are way important. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, I I go back and I'm like, oh, it's so hard for for the people just starting right now. I mean, in some way, the 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 it's simpler because actually, if you listen to Google, they won't lead you astray. Whereas when you and I were were first cutting our teeth, if you just listened to Google, it wouldn't work, right? Like it just after don't build links. It's no, I mean, links are the only thing that matters, right? Like oh, but I I remember you know sort of starting on sites going, all right get the keyword density to 3.5%, build about 500 different forum profiles, link them through it. Boom, you got noticed. <laughs> that's, 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 that's what happened. Yeah, until all of a sudden it would hit the fan. I mean, as, just to be clear, for our listening audience that might not have caught this comment on past shows, I got my start in affiliate marketing, so I was allowed <laughs> to burn sites to the crowd. <laughs> um, you know, you wouldn't want to do something like that for a client. But... Um, I know on the other end of that equation, I guess some of my competitors were doing that. And when I did have clients, I was going, oh, I recognize those forums in the like penalty. <laughs> so I was then dealing with to try and pull people out. But, um, you know, there, there, there we go. Um, but yeah, I mean, that really was it. It was, it was a simple formula and it was heavy, heavy, heavy as you were commenting on links. Like I was mm-hmm. just like, just hammering with links. You could build 10 sites and link them together. Didn't matter. Just hammer this thing with links go into a couple forums, buy yourself a few PR seven run of sites for 500 bucks a month. And you're gold. I, sevens, I think were more expensive than five. I think seven, 500 was for sixes, but, um, but either way, I mean, that's going back to that's, that's how horrible it was back then. And that's what Google was addressing. But yeah, now it's, it, I, I, the, the newer audience right now, it is interesting where coming in, you're like, Oh, okay. I need content for links, right? Oh, keyword density. There's the people in the, our listening audience right now be like, keyword density. What is, yeah, good. <laughs> Hang on to that question. What is? Don't chase it much further down unless you're reading or more. Um, but it is sort of a, 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 an interesting thing to be heading in now. And I view it very much like I learned to um, program and I, I learned computers on a big 20 and then moved on to like the, the Mac 3.1s. And like, I mean, it was just, you know, I, I might be getting the, the, initials or digits wrong there but um you know the the all all the different stages and then i picture my kids dropping in on a computer and i think their earliest jumping points were really slow in getting to actually be fluent on a computer whereas i could get fully fluent on a vic 20 in like a day because there wasn't a lot it could do what it did was complex but like at the time but getting you know sort of up to speed on all of its powers it's pretty simple. Whereas but, now they can do a lot more, but so, to get proficient so, on it is, is rough. So about an hour and a half ago, I was screwing with pivot tables in uh, in Excel. Yeah. Think you could do that in your Vic 20? <laughs> no. <laughs> Although I do remember sitting on a school bus, and this is going to age me, and listening to a story, and the Pentium 75 had come out. That, this was the this was the thing that the, the Pentium seventy five. There was a Pentium seventy five. Pentium seventy five, and I remember okay. sitting there. I had a three eighty six. Some of my rich friends had four eighty sixes, and I I remember thinking, why, like why could we want anything faster than what we're doing? Right, like I was able to play Nibbles, that little like, you know worm the game where you got like longer worm the <laughs> more of these little like digits you ate and stuff. I, I couldn't even see why you would need something faster, and and I'm clearly wrong. <laughs> because Quake, 
because yeah, that's that's pretty much what drove it. Yeah. <laughs> well, while we're covering nostalgia, do you uh, do you miss your old crawl reports? The ones that Google Analytics Analytics used to serve up. To you? Oh, those ones. I'm like, which which ones? No, clearly I not. Screaming frog. <laughs> not not too much. I mean, I, I, I. Where are you going with this uh, with this story? Why do you, why do you miss them? I don't. I absolutely okay. don't. I mean, like <laughs> when when they were the only thing showing how quickly Google was moving across a website or moving across the server, they were valuable. Okay. That was five or six years ago. Um, today they're a relic in the, I think, I think, uh, search, search console now has a legends of search console or a search console hall of fame tab. Um, they're, they call it junk. Um, and that's where you now find uh, a crawl report and all the, all the old legacy, uh, uh, old search, uh, Google search console, Google webmaster tool stuff. Thing is, if you're interested in crawl reports, Bing is introducing crawl reporting. Um, speed being very important to uh, speed being way important to um, uh, 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 all search engines all the time now. Um, mm-hmm. Google, incidentally, their crawl report, as 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 you said, you could basically get that out of Screaming Frog, or you could look at the new performance metrics that they're introducing in. Uh, in, in Search Console, which are not ranking metrics yet, but will be sometime in the in the spring, a few months after they've told us they're coming. Right. Um, at least that's that's what Google's saying. Um, but they're still important metrics. Speed's important uh, because uh, uh, mobile usability is important. This is a long way to say it. Looks it, this is a long way to say that uh, Bing has definitely jumped on that bag bandwagon and they too are making crawl reporting stats available yeah and i uh, i haven't had a chance to look at it yet like to, to go into to bing i mean you get busy right like these are the things that but, <laughs> that's, that's um, bing's biggest problem really it, well it, it kind of is but bing's crawling reports historically and we, we've talked about this before bing webmaster tools is search. better than search console yes like, by leaps and bounds um so i am actually interested to get in there and see what bing's doing because it's not google right so it's not reporting the same as as google is you need but neither screaming frog neither's you know none of these nope. none of these things are no they're but not interoperable at I, all. I do trust that bing will actually provide reports far 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 better than than google google basically feeds you know pablum to webmasters and and goes here and enjoy your dinner right like they they they, their search console is really really basic it's really important because it's where google's telling you about your site but the information they give you is not really very good it's an average really yeah i mean you know, Google doesn't even consider all the traffic going across a busy website when giving you this information. It's yeah. Maybe sixty or seventy percent of the traffic. Yeah, well, in, indeed, and it's just like I, I find it gives you it's it's fine on like a thirty thousand foot. Yeah, rough I mean, it's, it's an indicator. It's a yeah. it's a good indicator. Uh, um, Bing Webmaster Tools, on the other hand, is much more precise. Certainly. Yeah, yeah, but it, to I guess the point of Google's going, we just need this for like. You know, business owners, if they see a real problem, they'll hire an SEO. Uh, whereas I think Bing might be going a slightly different route and going, we want to give people the information that they need. Um, whereas if I'm actually, you know, if I'm Alan um, Blywise, right, sitting mm-hmm. there going, I need to audit a site. Could you really work with Search Console? Yeah, of course, you're going to go there to find the problems to run the crawlers to look for. But that's yep. all you're really doing is going there to look at some problems to then 
use other tools to find out how to how to fix them and, and what the cause of them is. There's exceptions, but but that's often the case. Um, okay, so um, that's again a long way to say you want to know you want to know what the crawlers are singing precisely. Check out uh, 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 streaming frog, and when you're done, go over to Bing Webmaster Tools because <laughs> they now have crawling reports. <laughs> um, okay, so I got one more, then we're gonna have to take a break. Um, I don't know why this has to had, to, but I guess it's a topic. Uh, canonicalization. Martin Spit and uh, 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 Martin Spit and and, and Rachel Costello did a video on canonicalization, mm-hmm. and uh, what it comes down to is it's all about duplicate control. A duplicate management, so Google knows which is the page you wanted ranked. Why do we have to report this? Why is this? A, why did they do a video on? Why did why did Martin split of all people who has like actual real important stuff to do do a video on this? You know, I think it's because people work with half information a lot. Like we've seen that in our industry. Usually it's, it's people just entering in with a half understanding. It's not their fault. It's often our fault for not conveying things right. Um, and, and this is, I think, where that gets remedied, where if what you think is, if all you know about canonicals is, oh, what it does is it passes the weight to here. If that's all you know, it's telling Google the weight is over here and the weight should mm-hmm. pass over here. Yeah, then you may the treat here. it. Yeah, it may, you may interpret that to go, oh, it's like a 301, but I can keep both pages. Right. But I want all my weight going here. Right. You, you may interpret it that way. And I think that's why they're saying it is. No, it's meant for if you have the same or very, very close content. We use that in, um, in, in one site that deals with software, right? They're creating software where there's a bunch of different versions. Yes, the content is slightly different, but it's, it's, we, we really want to just drive that weight to the most recent version, right? Because they're very, very similar. Like all of it, like it's outlines. And so there's only like 5% difference on the pages. But if people are using it incorrectly, you could really start causing yourself some damage and going, oh, well, this is the page I want to rank about blue widgets. I have 10 pages on blue widgets and all of them are different, but this is where I want all the weight going. If, 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 you got a, if you got a website that employs a drop-down form that, uh, mm. that will change the website based on the information you put into that drop-down form, you have now X number of rogue <laughs> versions of that page. As many yeah. as Google can fill in, you've got that many versions. That, yeah. that, that's what Google will perceive. So you need to tell Google which is the real one. Because Google, yeah. Google is going to fill in all those forms and it's going to make all those pages and it's going to record information off all those pages. And 99.99999% of the information is going to be exactly the same, which is a problem, which you yeah. created for yourself. Not only that, but Google has just surfed X number of gajillion of useless, not just duplicate, but useless pages, and it resents you for it. Um, it does. It hates you for yeah. it. It, hates, it. It thinks you suck for it. And um, you got to tell them that this is the canonical one. I, I, I had a website that was doing this, and um, they had no idea. Uh, ran, ran it through Screaming Frog and found a um, hundred different directions Google was going in every time it went across the page. Yeah. They corrected it. They, pro- they got their, their canonicals in properly, and um, it, turned ar- it really turned around, and it was a stupid, dumb little fix. But... That's what you hire SEOs for. 
I know I've been brought into something like another, and here's a case where, where that can happen just for our, for our listening audience, a, a, a parameter at the end of a URL, which is what you're talking about, right? Where you're, you're adjusting yeah, the yeah, parameter, yeah, sure. but the URL yeah. is the same. Um, and, and we saw that a lot. I, I was brought in uh, to, to sort of audit a site where they had an affiliate program, a very profitable, very robust, like a very popular affiliate program. Um, and yeah, everybody was linking in. You just basically linked into whatever page you wanted to with AID as a parameter at the end equals, and then it would be your affiliate ID. Well, we had links, millions of links from the web coming into this site with AID equals yeah, <laughs> and then the user ID. So we had just so many duplicates, right? And that's where they weren't using canonicals. So all of a sudden, Google had hundreds of pages and worse for them was sometimes it would rank the parameters. So sometimes their site would rank with an affiliate ID mm-hmm. tagged into it <laughs> and there was nothing they could do about it. Uh, so except anyway, lose money, except lose money because they couldn't tell the affiliate no, because the affiliate was already driving traffic before this happened. So it, it was a very, very costly problem, but we got it sorted out pretty quick. Now, now the weird thing is, and I, I think most webmasters and you and you and me can be safely assume that most of the time Google is able to figure this out and differentiate and, and it can actually do the work itself, but clearly not every time. I don't know why. I don't know what, what, why it can figure it out um, 99% of the time, but 1% of the time it doesn't get it. But it's one of those dumb things that you got to be on the lookout for. Well, in this case, it actually made sense. Like you go, here's an example of where Google couldn't work it out was because this affiliate was linking from a lot of different sites that were all quite strong. So when Google was going, what is the most powerful page with this content on that site? That was... That was the version that actually made the the real one was actually canonicaling, like in their natural. Like if you went into Search Console and going, where does Google think it is? It was it going go to, to the affiliate, affiliate one, one. Huh. because it had so many external links coming into it that it, it was. I, I get why they made that decision. Oh, I would have made are, that decision too. That's funny. Are we still on the links versus content story? Like I guess so. Kind of, <laughs> so uh, okay, we got you know we got to take a break. We're not, we're not even sure yep. what story we're at anymore. We've got so we got to take a break here. At Webcology on behalf of Dave Davis and being second in Denmark. This is Jim Hedger from Voice Media. You're listening to Webcology on August the twentieth, twenty twenty. Stick around. We got more coming up after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training, a weekly podcast for you or your company, distribution to almost every podcast portal, an embeddable player for your website, an ebook called How to Podcast created for WMR.FM show hosts, and much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm.
everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 20th of August, 2020. Summer's almost over, folks. If uh, you have summer enjoyment, get out there and enjoy it because you've only got a few weeks. In fact, I, 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 I don't know what part of the world most of you guys are in, but the part of the world I'm in, the leaves are actually changing color now. Um, yeah, it's, it's the, the first the first undeniable sign that it's going to get really freaking cold just over there in a few in like really unbearably unspeakably mm-hmm. cold the leaves are changing yeah <laughs> i i know i know like it's ours are straight like i'm looking out the window as, as you know i've got a park right like right outside the window and i'm like oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah that's happening um which is funny because mary always she 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 just loves summer and, and she always gets sad for fall and as soon as the chestnuts start coming on the tree She's like, oh, no, fall is coming. And I'll, I'll kind of mock her at it, but I, I, I'm i starting to get it where I'm like, oh, but now they're about to fall. <laughs> that's that's not good. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's uh, it's here. And uh, I guess that's just one of the, the you know, drawbacks to living this north. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, this is kind of exciting. It's, uh, we, we, we've only got a few minutes to cover this. And um, the honest truth is I haven't even looked into it yet. I haven't had a chance to look into it yet. But um, server-side tagging in Google Tag Manager is now public beta. Yes, this is is exciting. I was actually alerted to this uh, by one of my clients, uh, which I which I thought was interesting because they're like clearly like on stuff. Um, and for our listening audience who have not met the site that I'm about to uh, say, hey, go here and, and read this. Um, follow this person on Twitter, simoahava.com. Uh, Easily, if you want to know analytics or or Google Tag Manager, just just go there, right? Like if you actually, if you run any query in Google for a tag manager <laughs> problem or analytics problem, chances are in the top three, you're going to hit his site. There's a reason for it. Guy's genius. Um, and on August 12th, he had published a story on server-side tagging. Now, I don't know as much as I, I hope to. He actually is really nice and going, here's the sections you should read if you're just trying to get buy-in. Those are the sections that I have read. If it's like you're trying to convince your developers to do this, this, these are the sections to familiarize yourself. And here's the sections of this page to familiarize yourself if you're a developer. And then he includes like a half an hour long video to, to, to watch. So this is like a, a deep dive. But um, what it does at the end of days, if, if you if you think about the way Tag Manager functions right now, and this is, this is just a, a huge leap forward, it is right now operating that every time somebody visits a page, it's having to do an analysis, figure out which tags it actually needs to fire on that page, which it's doing at Google, right? Like it's sort of going, oh, this is the page, getting going to Google, getting a list of the tags that it's supposed to fire, pushing those tags now into the browser, right? And then firing those tags and causing all sorts of other different requirements, right? Required pings back and forth, depending on what pixels or whatever you're, you might be having going on. You, in those could tags. Be, you could be adding five, six, 18 different uh, cross, cross tags back and forth, huh? So many. I mean, I've got p- individual pages that are sometimes, sometimes having to fire a dozen or two dozen different tags just on that page, just for okay. different tracking things. We've got event tracking on a few different, whatever. Like it's, it's this is a just a millisecond each, but they add each. up but they add up and, and into beta is this server side um, where now all of a sudden you can pull things in on the server side, operating basically your own tag Speed manager. 
it's all happening there. And one of the things that Simo actually talks about that I hadn't thought of is if your servers are incredibly fast, you can actually just fire one pixel and have that trigger everything else on this other server that you're operating under, <laughs> right? So you're actually only requiring your website to call one pixel, like to fire in a one tag, one pixel. Now that pixel can then be used to interpret all the other different tags because it can then deal with all the other data that it's needing to pull in. Rather than you going, okay, I still want to have 13 tags. You can actually go, okay, offload those 13 tags, have it just do this one pixel thing, which I don't fully understand. I get the concept, but I don't fully understand how, how you would do this functionally. I've got to look into that uh, to answer back to the client. But then having that server then go, oh, this is the pixel and it sent me this data. Okay, now we're going to create one tag with all of this, right? And actually have it compile all the different tags that fire when that pixel hits it, send all that back into the browser. And so now you're just having basically one uh, one exchange. And, and for a lot of that, it doesn't actually need to ever go back to the browser. It's like, no, oh, okay, this is analytics. Okay. This is just, it, it never needs to go back to the browser again. So it all happens on your server. It happens and, on your server through, and, and through, through Google, uh, Google cloud. Like it's, which, which, um, uh, have you ever, you, you've seen them and I'm just, I'll, I'll ask it this way, mostly for the audience. Um, you've seen the waterfall depiction of, um, how long it, or how many, uh, 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 signals it takes to make a website, how many things need to be triggered to be pulled on down from a server um, or triggered through the, through the uh, uh, JavaScript or through the CSS to make a website comp compile it and, and, and look the way it looks. Hundreds of them sometimes. Yeah. If you can cut anything, any, any bi-directional communication and just make it happen like unidirectional straight from the server to the browser, Boom! You've 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 doubled the speed of that little function of the creation of that page. Well, absolutely, and I couldn't help but think because we we do deal with sites where some of these things slow things down, and when the site goes under incredibly heavy load, I'm sure you've worked on these sites too, right? Oh you're yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or something where if something spikes, if there's big news, if somebody's getting charged with fraud, and all of a sudden your traffic's going through <laughs> the roof, right? All of a sudden your your servers come under strain. In this kind of environment, you could have your server that, that would be set to fire these pixels go, oh, okay, wait, our server's under strain, trim these ones, right? Like you have whatever, like I'll, I'll name like Lucky Orange. It's a pig, right? Like I get why it is. It's just, it, it's a bit of a pig um, as far as like what it has to send over to the server and, and sort of the time lag. Okay, you know, this isn't a dig on Lucky Orange. It's a function of what it does because it's a recording everything on your screen. But if you could go like, if it's all on server side, you could go, okay, if we cross this threshold of server response, if all of a sudden we're on, we cross 200 millisecond server response time, trim these, like these pixels or these, these tags no longer fire. Like you would now have just total control to go, okay, I don't, I, I'm willing to sacrifice data on watching, you know, creating heat maps or whatever on my site for the user experience, knowing the full well, if your user experience is crap, then your heat maps are wrong anyway. Right? <laughs> so just sort of, you know, allowing your server to control which pixels are firing based on its own performance. I mean, there's just so much you can do. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this. Um, and especially on large deployments, as a note, it's not free. It's not like Google's, uh, like sort of Google tag manager, probably because they're losing data and they're like, Ching, um, where and fair enough, they need to make their money somewhere. It's either data where you're the product, or it's actually the product itself. Um, in this case, I think Simo had run it, and it was costing him about eight euro a day. So you know you're looking at, and he's got like a very very popular site, like 
this would be different. It would be low, much lower for most, for a lot of people in our, in our listening audience. Um, so five bucks a day. You'd be looking, yeah, like probably on, on average five for, for an average site. I can, I don't know his traffic, obviously, Simo, if you're listening and you want to let me know what your traffic is, that'd be great. I can get that down and figure that out, but uh, I don't blame him for not, but I, I would assume he has tens of thousands of visitors every day coming to his site. Right? Like I, I'm just assuming. So um, you know, that, that would give us a, a rough idea of, of what, what it would cost a very rough idea. And don't hold me to that. <laughs> it's simoahava.com. Yeah. Silverside tagging, Google tag manager, search them both in Google and you're going to find the guy's article or go to simoahava.com. Um, when was this published? It was on the it was 12th. Published on the 12th, August yeah. 12th. So it'll yeah. be one of the, uh, it's one right now. I think the, the fourth one on the list, but Dude just publishes. I don't know how he comes up with time to write these thorough things. Like, I, I don't know. Because he also has a job. So I don't know how, well, yeah, how uh, he actually does this. But. Listeners should be warned. This is a uh, probably a 8,000-word um, essay. Yeah. Um, but they're all very smart words. Yes. Yeah, yes. very clever words. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, what are we, we got time for two more, I think. Uh we, last week we were we were we were we were extolling the virtues of WordPress 5.5. Um, thing makes a damn XML map for you. And, uh, does a whole bunch of neat stuff for you, but apparently it breaks your website if you're running an old theme too. Yeah. Okay. Um, if you're running uh, WordPress 5.5 and your website isn't working, um, you should have fixed it a long time ago because it's been going on for a few days now. But if you haven't fixed it yet. It's uh, likely because uh, WordPress 5.5 doesn't have old Java libraries. They didn't build it with with what's old Java libraries. And if you're running a really old theme, um, your site's probably broken. <laughs> yeah. Well, one thing that um, I, I'd also I, I was actually just chatting with a, with a friend um, yesterday whose site broke. Oh yeah. Um, and it was from a different than than was outlined in that that article. Um, but their problem was they had. The, the theme itself could do lazy loading, um, which they had turned off. Smush um, was was added in to do other image stuff, and it was on. Lazy loading was turned on in this in this plugin. They upgraded to five point five. Something in that turned it off in Smush, on in the theme, and 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 wrecked the site because all of a sudden now lazy loading wasn't working at all, but loading wasn't working at all. Like images weren't working at all. <laughs> so, so it was, it was causing problems. So if you end up doing this upgrade, one of the things to look for just totally simple fix, like you're right, you're, we're dealing with complex fixes where it might actually just be the wrong library in an older theme. And there you're like, that's a big thing to fix. Uh, but it might, if you're finding that just your images aren't loading right, it may just be a case of going through your theme options, through your plugin options and going, are any of these turning on or off lazy loading? Or did I leave lazy loading on on one that's causing a conflict? Because you shouldn't have another, basically you don't need two lazy loaders and sometimes it can cause problems. So that's, that's place one to check. And on that, we have gone full clock. It's uh, top of clock. Um, you know what? I don't even got time to mention the other story. Friends, you've been listening to Web Culture and Webmaster Radio.fm. It is August the 20th, 2020. On behalf of Dave Davis and B-Sign Internet Marketing, this is your man for Digital East Media. Stay safe. Wash your hands. Wear a mask. Socially distance. Uh, don't get sick. COVID is still very, very real. Um, rank well. 
be kind to each other, and we'll talk to you next week. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.